Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Today we are continuing our list of 350 good questions to ask. This has been a very long list and it continues to be so as we are halfway-ish starting from question 230 today. Maybe we'll tie some of these in with Line Dance. Number 230, what big event do you think will happen soon that most people aren't expecting? Oh, gosh. I, I'm i not sure I have an answer for that. Do you have any ideas yet? Well, we do live in California, and the San Andreas Fault is right there. I, I've i got this sneaking suspicion like the, the big one is coming. And uh, I know that people have been saying that for a very long time, but it's been that kind of year. So <laughs> 2020, maybe. It's a big round number, big round earthquake. Would go re- really well with the the summer season, right before fire season. And then uh, wave two pandemic season, because it'll be winter. So yeah, big one this summer. You heard it here first. Line dance-wise, I'm thinking unexpected pregnancies, perhaps. Uh, There are some young couples in the line dance world, and we've all been cooped up together for quite a while, so you never know. Maybe in a few months, we'll we'll see how well people got to know each other during this time, squished into whatever spaces they're in. Even though they're all supposed to be social distancing, oh well. Uh, let's see, what else would happen soon? I would love to see if Seven Arrow whips out the multicam setup, just blowing us all away um, with with some new revolutionary tech and uh, a new look for events. Uh, aren't expecting this happen soon. Maybe some retirements. Maybe some retirements of people that you think like would never retire, and then they finally do. Um, but I think will happen soon. I still got to go with the earthquake. Either that or an asteroid. Giant killer asteroid. Um, you wouldn't see it coming unless, you know, we had a lot of funding for the near-Earth asteroid um, system, detection system, which I don't think that we do right now. Got an answer for it yet, or am I moving on to 231? Uh, that is such a... <sighs> what big event do you think will happen soon that most people aren't expecting. I don't know. I honestly... I couldn't tell you. There's been a lot of stuff that has changed and a lot of stuff that hasn't changed over the last couple months. And for me to think that something is go- like will happen that people aren't expecting, I don't know. It's also the year of uh, the United States election, so that'll happen uh, in just a few months. Yeah, big event. Things might happen soon that people aren't expecting. 231, what still makes you cringe when you think back on it? I mean, I've got some videos, but your thoughts? I was going to say, yeah, videos kind of sparked the... The first thought of the last time I watched some of the dance videos from my first Vegas. Those, yeah. I can honestly say I have personally come quite a distance as a dancer 
since then. Um, watching back some of those is uh, very enlightening. Um, I wouldn't say I cringe exactly when I see my early dance videos, like of the ones you have from Mavericks or the ones from early Las Vegas Dance Explosion. Um, however, I would say a couple things about the guy in the hat and the cape and, and the boots and the buckle in the video. One, he looks like he's having a lot of fun. Go him. Look at all that energy. Also, the way he, he's standing looks a little uncomfortable. And what's going on with his neck? And why, why won't he just straighten that up? Um, I have since learned to straighten it up sometimes when I remember. I'm not doing it right now. I'm actually hunched forward a little bit like a vulture over this laptop with my uh, microphone. So I'm going to sit up straight now <laughs> so that videos of me doing this podcast won't make me cringe in a few years. Yeah. And I'll also, you know, not have a bunch of back issues that will prevent me from dancing. Um, it, yeah, videos definitely help because you can look back and actually see with a little bit different outlook than say a memory of something because a memory can be painted differently um, based on emotions. Whereas looking back and seeing a video of yourself can certainly be okay. Um, I can honestly say looking back just even six months ago, give or take, not even at this point, um, learning don't sweat it the first go through on video was certainly rough so there was a lot that I was like okay I need to clean that up okay I need to clean that up oh and then there's that I do know the second and third I did see improvement so I'm hoping that there will be continued improvement but uh, yeah the first go around was certainly a rough draft I actually, I think that there are some, some videos that I might cringe at, but they're, they're of me singing and the, the expressions that my face makes or lack thereof can be uncomfortable to watch. Whether or not it would sound like something I would listen to is one thing, but to watch it happening, it, I, uh, I, I haven't really practiced singing to a camera since my gigs are all in person. And when I see just like the slack jaw, it's like, does he even enjoy singing? It's um, With dance, oh my goodness, dance. Now that I think about it, there are some where I'm so focused or like just in my own zone that I look like I'm not enjoying dancing. Like I'll even, I won't be singing along. I won't be smiling. I won't be like, I don't know. I don't really play with other people on the dance floor, but like, I will enjoy it in my own way. And in the past, I wouldn't smile while I was enjoying it. And that is very um, scary to see. So I would like maybe just tap that guy on the shoulder in the video and be like, hey, it's okay, it's okay. You enjoy this. Remember, you enjoy this. Smile. And and then the height and the you know macho-ness of my frame would be less scary for people to see while I'm flitting about late as a feather. Next is 232. What current trend makes no sense to you? I don't know. I mean, we're all inside. I don't know what current trends are. Are there any hashtags maybe? Or video dance? I mean, TikTok is a thing. It makes sense though. I mean, kids like attention. 
so they dance and put it out there and then people give them attention it's pretty much the same thing with instagram and snapchat stories so that makes sense at least fidget spinners made sense because you know people needed something to do with their hands and they became like a luxury item uh hydro flasks make sense because they're renewable and the kids are all about you know green and and being the the change or the future uh, are there dance trends right now that don't make sense right I'm, I'm i was like trend 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 i'm trying to rack my brain um it's been a little while for uh uh line dance for me to think of like that wouldn't make sense because like for instance especially with us being all in shelter in place Everybody being online and teaching virtually makes complete sense to me. Um, did you come up with something? I have two. One, releasing dances right now that are new go. but can't be danced anywhere. Like I, I think it's absolutely fine to like have creative outlets and expression, but um, if your dances aren't going to be danced by people together, then you're really shooting their lifespan in the foot because dances typically don't get a second chance. Like they're released. If they are, are catchy in the first few months, then people spread them. But if not, you don't really get to revisit those because people typically ask for another new dance. So anything that's been released in the last few digital dance weekend events and people have said, oh yeah, we'll dance this when we all get back together. I doubt that's the case because those choreographers will all be asked for new, new choreography. And that will be what is danced at events. People will forget what was taught as new during these in-between quarantine months. Um, and the other, oh yes, uh, another current trend that doesn't really make sense to me is when somebody has taught a dance like let's say you know they've they've gone and taught a classic that video is available online usually to everyone in the entire world and if it has only been like a couple months and you're thinking of something to teach for whatever your project is and you know that the entire world has access to this other person's video that they just taught of whatever and you think i should teach that too like there are so many dances that could be taught. I totally get it if it's like, oh, I love this dance. I have to teach this with my signature energy and passion. Um, but otherwise, it's it's a, it's almost like stepping on the other person's toes. Like, yeah, you did great, but I'm going to do it now. Like, yes, everyone could watch yours, but I, I think I should do it anyway. Like, that's fine. I just don't see as much sense in that when maybe you could focus on another dance that you enjoy that nobody has taught live in the last few months because there are probably many still. And I get that you don't necessarily know off the top of your head what dances have all been taught, but you can search for them. There's a search function in Facebook. There's a search function on Google. It, it seems like it'd be easy enough to find. And you know, I'm sure that there's somebody who's very reasonable right now saying, oh no, there's room for everyone. We can all teach. And you look how much this person loves it and you this person. And you know, you each bring something different to the table. And yes, that's fine. But like to cover the, the greatest uh, playing field, maybe try to find a different one. That way people could be exposed to that one. And that would be great too. Uh, the push-ups thing, I mean... 
I don't see the relationship between push-ups and mental health. I like the relationship between meditation and mental health, but that's just me. Um, and again, there's there are people who can say, oh, well, uh, I, it doesn't have to make sense. You know, people could be juggling, but as long as it raises awareness, yeah, again, that's fine. But like sense-wise, it seems kind of arbitrary. It could be anything. It could have been anything. I don't know why that connects to mental health as much as it would with like cystic fibrosis or something like muscular. Yeah, I'm not sure why the 25 for 25 days. Like yeah. that didn't make sense to me. Um, but at the same time, I'm a big believer in raising awareness. So more the more people who know, the better. Um, I am certainly in agreement with you with releasing dances right now. I Dances have such a short shelf life to begin with right now. Um, over the last several years, there's been so many released and so many taught and so many just forgotten. And it's really a shame that... You know, everybody wants the next best dance, the next thing, the newest this, the newest that. When they didn't even really let their dancers or themselves sink into a dance to where they know it inside and out, backwards and forwards, and could manipulate it and variate with it. And it's really unfortunate to me when I look at... What doesn't make sense to me along the lines of also new choreography is creating a step sheet for someone else's dance that's not released yet. That makes no sense to me because unless the choreographer asks you to create a step sheet, wait for it. I mean, yes, I've taught myself dances based off of videos because there hasn't been step sheets released, but I have not then gone forward and taught those dances to a class because it's not my place in the sense of what if the choreographer needs that for another event or what if for some reason they have to hold on to it because when they taught it, for some reason there was a sticky part that then they'd rethought because they've improved as a choreographer. And it took them almost a year later after teaching to discover, oh, let's do it this way instead of that way. That makes so much more sense. It happens. So for me to go and take choreographer A's dance and then create a step sheet and then teach all of my students. And then, oh, look, you know, three weeks later, the choreographer releases the step sheet and it's different. Now, what am I going to do? The other trend I don't understand at all is the lack of communication among new choreographers to seasoned choreographers. It is not hard to ask questions. I do it 
all the time. I will seek out people that I respect their opinions, I respect their work, and I feel that they are a wealth of knowledge and I will shoot them a message and ask them, hey, what do I do in this, you know, what what would you do in this situation? And I will take their advice into consideration and then really, really listen to it and figure out if this is the case. Perfect example. When you and I were choreographing Can't Walk Away, we created the dance, we sent it to several people that we trusted to get feedback from it. Some people said, don't change it, it's perfect the way it is. Other people gave us suggestions on what to do, where little parts that they had trouble with, and other people gave us suggestions on actual movements. And the p- people who gave us the suggestions of the actual movements, we tested those. The people who said, hey, this is a little bit different. I like, you know, I want to syncopate this part instead of having, you know, how it's it's whole counts here or something. We tried those out. We felt what it felt like. And when, when it all came down to it, we made our decision based off the most amount of information we had. But we sought the advice of others. So with that said, why are we not communicating more and say, hey, choreographer so-and-so, I see you have a dance to this song already. Already. Hint, hint, new choreographers out there. (laughs) Um, What would your thoughts be on if I created a floor split and What kind of floor split should I create? Because I really, really like this song, but for some reason, the movements are too hard for my my class or they don't challenge my class and I hear all these other things. I am all for floor splits of difficulty range. I think it's really cool, perfect example Dance Monkey and Dance Monkey Dance. I think that was great. You have Roy and Fiona come up with such an amazing and intricate dance. And it's very unique. But it is very challenging. And then you have Allison Johnston come up with a more accessible version to cover the other half of dancers out there. And I think that is great because now more people can share the floor and... We can enjoy the same song. Do there need to be six other beginner dances? No. Do there need to be 12 other intermediate advanced dances? No. Because of the fact that they already have those covered. I don't think... It doesn't make sense to me. Excuse me. Why, if you know that Copper Knob exists to put your, your dances out there, why we're not looking at the fact that there's dances already created. Now, yes, I also know from firsthand experiences, sometimes you choreograph a dance, same level, to the same song at the same time, and it gets released. But I also have seen that happen to that same situation. A year later, have 10 more dances choreographed to it. 
and it didn't make sense to me. So that would be the trend that I don't understand why new choreographers aren't asking more questions and why they're not paying attention to what's going on. Two, two things, just so I remember. One, event directors. Two, fixing a dance. Um, but also this one's just maybe like a mini rant. I mean, okay. It's, it's a makes no sense thing in, in the case that the person knows better. If, if let's say some song comes out and you, you know, you want to do something to it and you already know a dance that's like walk forward, walk back, vine, right, vine, left, two kickball changes, jazz box with a turn. You already know that dance. And you think, no, I want to make my, my own dance. I want to make a new dance. So you do vine right, vine left, walk forward, walk back, jazz box with a quarter, then two kickball changes. And you name it, whatever that song name is, like all of the other dances that are named that song name. I don't understand why you wouldn't... If it's not really intended to fit the music anyway, if it's just steps that are being stitched together and then you stamp it with the song title... Why not just take an existing dance and say, yeah, we're going to dance this dance to this song. Maybe people don't know that that's allowed, that that's okay to do because we're all, you know, beginners at some point in our journey. So maybe you think, oh, but I can't do that. They'll get confused. They'll think they're supposed to be doing this dance to this other song, but this dance needs to be for this song so one to one but then you get flooded and you have a gajillion dances that are just rearranging jazz box kickball change vine walk forward and back and none of them mean anything none of them are remembered none of them match what's happening in the lyrics so it's just this glut and none of them become a classic and i think if something isn't built really uniquely for the moment like Guyton and friends is uh, let's get it started which has just some weird stuff in it uh, and it's also not meant to be a long-term could be danced to anything kind of a classic if it's just kind of like eh, meh I put like three quarters of full effort into this it's got like a cute thing but I mean it's a cute thing that somebody else's dance did better and I'll just you know put put some weaves and whatever in between like well then just maybe consider don't doing it. Don't do it. Don't do it or not doing it. Because that is the thing that people seem to complain about in, in terms of things being um, excessively released. People would not say that if every dance that came out was amazing. We wouldn't be saying, oh gosh, there are too many amazing dances that I love to do. I think the problem is that there are so many dances in terms of quantity and not necessarily ones that you'd want to stick around forever where you see it and you're like, eh, I've seen a million like that or this is going to be gone in six months. If they all looked amazing, then you'd probably fight to keep them all alive and reteach them. But, you know, people people have a pretty accurate, I would say, assessment of what it is that they bring home for their classes to learn. And if they're like, eh, yeah, I don't, I don't see us doing this two weeks from now, well, how do you create a dance that people are going to look at differently? Maybe that's the one that you should think about holding on to and then teaching uh, for a full year. Which brings me to event directors. Current trend that makes no sense to you. 
I don't think event directors should be pushing uh, choreographers to release a new dance just because they think, well, that's what brings people to events. If they're there for the person's personality, because it's Fred Whitehouse himself in the flesh with his accent, they'll learn anything he wants. They'll learn the electric slide from Fred Whitehouse. So if it's okay, maybe maybe it's something that's new to the dancers who are there, maybe take a poll and say, what, what would you guys want to learn that you haven't learned before but is out there? Then give them an excuse to teach a classic or just somebody else's dance. So it's still new to them, and it's being taught by this personality person. Um, maybe do a poll before the event. How important is it to you that new dances be taught? You personally, person who is registering for this event. And if people aren't demanding it, if, if it's just a perception that the event director has that isn't founded in anything, then don't stress out your choreographers and make them do something that isn't actually being demanded. Maybe in some places it is, like Experience, uh, run by Diane and Sandy. But in others, they're probably going to be fine with whatever the choreographer will be happy to teach and passionate about and say, my God, I have taught witness 12 times this year and I will teach it again because I love dancing it every time I go up to an event. Um, also, maybe some people are just there to socialize and, and social dance and more time could be spent on social dancing than on workshops all day because the fewer workshops you are forced to hold, if you stop the workshop period earlier in the day, people have more time for social dancing and these classics don't get pushed to 1 a.m. where no one can see them and reteach them to their classes. If you start social dancing earlier, people will get, yeah, okay, all the new flavor of the month stuff, hooray, you know, it's, it's that thing that everyone's dancing, great. That takes up like the first mm, two hours doing all the, the big hit stuff from the last couple years. And classics are not promoted as worth dancing when they're shoved so late in the evening. That's how they end up getting forgotten. So I think if you had fewer workshops and more social dancing, people would have more of a chance to reinforce things that they learned over the last several years. And with fewer workshops, the choreographers wouldn't have to put out three new dances, but maybe just one or like one and a classic. So I don't understand that trend of... It's got to be new. You, you can't, you can't uh, do something that everyone already knows. Well, maybe they want to just get a refresher. You don't necessarily know that the dancers are, are putting as much strain on the choreographers as you think should be placed. Anyway, that was the event director thing. And then fixing the dance. So this is another case of if you think a dance is too hard, don't fix it by changing steps and say that that's the dance. That's the dance that was choreographed as it was choreographed by this person or unknown. And that's how you should all teach your friends to do it too. Because I took out this part. I didn't like this part. This part doesn't, mm, it doesn't feel right for me. So I'm never going to tell you that that was actually choreographed into it. I mean, it's one thing to tell them like, okay, yeah, this part feels a little weird in my body, so here's what I like to do to adjust to that. But so you know, this is what the original choreographer vision was for this bit. It's to hit this part of the music like this. And I totally get that. That's why I'm teaching you this dance. I support this choreography. For me, I had this weird surgery you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand unless you like felt the torque on my knee, so I have to do this. If any of you have torque on your knee, then you can do it that way too. But you should know... This is, the, this is the dance as it was originally created. That's fine. What is less fine for me 
in my head personally is changing it completely and never telling the students because they will trust you as the instructor and then they will tell all their friends and they'll tell all their friends and then 20 years later the dance is mutated and taken on new names and people aren't dancing together anymore and that I think is one of the things that people love about line dance including myself everybody dancing together when you take a two wall dance and make it four wall or four wall and make it two wall or make a wall change happen before it's supposed to because you think that it goes better there or you decide that it should be a not a rock recover half turn but like a step turn shuffle or something we've seen so many things so many things because we still dance in the country bars and things are just a little different there (laughs) but while everyone is yes having a good time they're not all necessarily having that good time together when the dance gets so horribly mutated beyond what could have been taught as one dance to everyone i don't understand this current trend it makes no sense fixing a dance make your own dance (laughs) megan other thoughts don't make your own dance if there's already dances to it (laughs) there's that too there's that too number 233 if you owned a restaurant what kind of food would it serve if you owned a restaurant what kind of food would it serve lots of fruit i would offer lots of fruit italian and vegetarian slash vegan options yes i so when i was like super hyper mega fruitarian slash pescatarian in about 2008 i looked at fruit as the most logical food because plants intend for you to eat it if you take a plant that needs its leaves to live and you chop off its leaves and eat them I don't think that's what the plant had in mind. But if the plant is saying, please take this lovely offering of mine and then spread my seeds across the land, that's fine. So that's what I did in 2008-ish. I would have apples and oranges and other things with the seeds in them, and I would not throw the core or the, the leftovers in the garbage. I would put them somewhere in nature where I thought they had the best chance of survival. This didn't mean I needed to go out and like plant with garden soil and fertilizer every single seed, but I would at least try to throw it somewhere fertile and kick some dirt over it, if I could, if I were in that that space to do that. Um, So the kinds of food I would serve would be these kinds of logical, low-impact kind of foods so that people feel like they're helping the plant. They're in a relationship with the plant. And they're not hurting the plant. And I, I can't think of like a meat that I would feel comfortable serving. There's so one of the things I love about plant waste is it doesn't smell up the kitchen. If if something like spills or or, or if 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 something gets hidden behind something else, it doesn't go really like nasty bad, like retching bad. Plant waste is just like oh boy, that's a little ripe. And I typically eat my stuff before it gets to that point anyway. Um, What kind of food in addition to that? I mean, I'm uh, I'm still on the fence about cheese. I love cheese. I don't know how much I can defend cream and like the use of animal 
products unless I know that they're humanely treated in extracting those products. Um, I know I haven't been the hardest on myself about looking into that when I see a delicious cheese in front of me. Um, so I might not offer it myself. Maybe by that time, I would have like a, a stronger stance on it. Fruit, I will stand behind. And that includes tomatoes. I have tomatoes growing in my backyard. Other thoughts? Um, what's interesting is I've never been the type of person that was oh I have to eat this or I can't eat that or there I mean there was a stint in younger years during I think junior high that I think I was a vegetarian or something you know along those lines where I refused to eat meat um, and my mom helped me by looking into other ways of supplying the body with the same nutrients that meat gives the body. I ended up having a lot of different kinds of beans that way, I remember, um, to substitute for the protein. But recently, I became more familiar with Amy's Kitchen or amys.com, uh, which is an amazing company out here it's from it started in this area uh, they have a wonderful story that you can look at on their website of how they got their start and everything but it is vegetarian and vegan options and they have so many different things that you can select like not no gluten no gmos i mean like there's so 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 many options to their menus that allows for you to have less waste and easier on your digestive system and better for your body. And I have to say, you know, at first everybody thinks that, you know, um, vegetarian or plant-based meat patties, quote unquote, you know, um, days like cardboard, I have to tell you, they're plant-based protein burgers are addictive. I am obsessed with them. I love them. They are so tasty. Um, I can eat them pretty much just cooked like they are. They don't have to have any additive onto it, any condiment, any bread, any cheese. Those are just all bonuses for me when um, I'm able to have one of those. And you still get the protein that you need and you're not subjecting any living animal to harsh conditions because we all know those documentaries are out there and we try to pretend that it's not the case because it tastes so good. Well, so do these other options as well. So that would that's certainly one of those things that I would be um, inclined to offer at my own restaurant because I think it's important that dancers eat balanced meals. I think it's important that they have access to food um, and beverages that help support their body's needs. So something along those lines would be very important to me. Uh, the other thing that I think, even though it says what kind of food would it serve, I would like to keep the costs down as much as possible because in my theory, this is something I'm doing at a dance event and those are very expensive when you tally every little charge up that 
you know, like some of our event directors do the best they can by negotiating with the hotel for special deals and prices on certain things. And that's great. And that's so appreciated, you know, so I would love to offer something like that if I had a food like service, um, I would want it to be the most affordable for both parties. You know, I would obviously as the person in the business need to make money but for me I don't need to be a billionaire at the risk of not selling anything so you know something along those uh, thought processes would be where I'm at as you and I have discussed uh, realistically I'm a hummingbird yes um, I would have made an excellent honeybee in another life perhaps a butterfly, but most likely a honeybee. And I would be remiss to neglect um, a wide variety of juices. Juices and smoothies and maybe some tea, like tea lemonade. I drink a lot of tea lemonade. And it would show the variety of things you can do with fruit. Uh, also, if you've never had barbecued or grilled uh, pineapple. You should oh, definitely try that. So good. Uh, barbecued corn as well with some like lime uh, um, rubbed up and down it. Megan also suggests barbecued asparagus. Um, yeah, these are all excellent barbecue options. So there's a lot you can do with these kinds of foods. Uh, I will also jump, uh, and we can circle back around, but because it's so related, I'm going to jump to 238. An epic feast is held in your honor at What's on the Table. Ah! <laughs> oh, dear. Um, an epic feast is on the table. Oh, that depends. That depends who's at my epic feast. I would have so many juices. <laughs> so many truth um oh that's tricky so there would be many options there would be my mother's homemade lasagna based off of my grandmother and great-grandmother's sauce recipe oh so good so good true 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 italians and sicilians don't actually give you directions in the typical recipe set sense. They tell you the ingredients, tell you if it tastes this way, this is how you fix it. If it tastes that way, that's how you fix it. But you know what it's supposed to taste like. So that's how the measurements work. Um, so definitely the lasagna, um, my mother's yams. I love my mom's yams. Uh, barbecue asparagus for sure um i'm trying to think what what else i'm a fan of cheesecake so maybe some cheesecake for dessert uh blackberries will be good um i love salads so different kind of salads i, I j typically quote unquote in i'm not sure if it's actually what it is but in the usa we classify it as a greek salad for to tell you what kind of ingredients are in it um it's generally spinach kalamata olive uh feta cheese stuff like that is and then some kind of vinaigrette dressing that would be one of my salads uh 
quote unquote Italian pasta salad, which is, you know, a noodle, tons of different bell pepper, onions, and then again, a you know, a vinaigrette dressing with uh, a lot of times my mom puts olives in hers. Uh, so stuff like that, I think random stuff, uh, just so that people had a selection of items. And uh, even though my family is not listening, there would not be Jello. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, an epic feast being held in my honor. I think one of the overall principles behind it would be stuff I can't make myself. Because, for example, if, if they were to make scrambled eggs, because they know I like scrambled eggs, ah, I like my scrambled eggs. <laughs> I don't know that I wouldn't be comparing if, if somebody were to make scrambled eggs for me. Um, if they could do something interesting with eggs that I wouldn't have thought of, like eggs benedict or something that I don't know how to make. I can't even really do a very consistent like sunny side up fried egg. Most of the times that I've tried fried egg um, yeah. t- varieties, it has turned into scrambled eggs. Uh, something pops or something burns, something wrong happens, and I just go scrambled egg because I know it. I know how to do that. Um, so something like that, and maybe something also involving fruits and vegetables that I might not, know about but that I might like based on people's knowledge of me and my tastes so like sprouts and 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 hummus and other things that are made from like beans and seeds and nuts and fruit and like not particularly harmful veggie stuff I would I would be interested to see what could be done that I wouldn't have thought of that I would enjoy and be delighted by being exposed to because after all this is a feast held in my honor. So part of it is the discovery and the novelty. Uh, if it were just food foods that I like, well, again, I probably make those myself. So um, unless it's something that somebody knows how to make so well that I couldn't even try. Or maybe it's just something that's so time-consuming that they know I don't have the patience for it. Like a really good sweet potato uh, for Thanksgiving, like I've had it in my family. Uh, or like mashed potato, because I don't want to mash it. I don't want to physically mash potatoes or cause them to be mashed. But I will eat them <laughs> with so much butter if, if this is placed in front of me. Um, things of that nature. Things that are time-consuming, uh, inventive combinations that i might not have come up with like like watermelon juice with mint leaves or something odd definitely so much juice juices from around the world fruit maybe if it's not like durian and doesn't stink up the house um things without too much like cleanup uh, or waste i wouldn't want there to be things with for example like when you have animal food that has bones then you got to clean up all these bones and what are you gonna do with all the bones bury them like i would want to be able to compost the stuff that i have and not have it lead to rot if if possible Uh, if this were like a year ago i'd say like a big fat juicy steak with like all kinds of fat dripping around the side like i i will eat that straight up i will eat other people's fat off of their steak uh a year ago but I, since we've been under quarantine and since it's been so long, I had like a weird stomach thing 
uh, a few weeks back and I just decided I would take it easy on some of my foods and, um, and just kind of like eat simply just, you know, for personal regard and in doing that and simplifying, I haven't really wanted to risk things that might be like, it's been so long. Okay. So like your body can only break down what it has the gut bacteria to break down. If you shock your system with a bunch of stuff that it's not prepared for, you're going to have a bad time. I don't want to have a bad time. So I'm keeping it simple and keeping it easy on my body. And, um, you know, after like the first three steaks, maybe I'd be okay. Cause all that, you know, comes with its own flora or whatever. But, um, Right now, I think I'm okay just like seeing how long it'll be before I absolutely need to have animal flesh and, you know, raise the land for cattle and so on. Um, rant, rant, rant. Things held in my honor, feast, what's on the table. It would be low impact. It would be a variety of novelty and juice, juice and it would be thoughtful. Things that, that people put thought into creating. All right, circling back to number 234. What celebrity is the most likely to have a, co- a collection of canes that are just for show? And I have one in the Lane Dance world. What's yours? John Robinson. That was my first thought. <laughs> but then, since I haven't seen him with canes, I thought Max Perry. Because he, I'm sure, had like whole get-ups involving like a cloak and other things that I have never seen John actually use. I wouldn't be surprised if John had a few, but like if I had to, to bet on one, like it wouldn't be Guyton, it wouldn't be Scott, that's not really their style, but Max probably has a couple, and maybe Jill. John, John Jill, Babinick, and, um, and Max Perry would be my guesses. And yeah, they're totally celebrities. Any others? All right, number, oh, you know who else might actually, because she's weird and crazy and I love her like that, Michelle Burton. She has so many costumes. I feel like she would have had something from back in her Derringer Dancer days with like all the competitions stuff she did back then. Like she goes all out, just like thinking about things she must have used for Boogie in the past several years, like several, several years. So yeah, maybe her as well. Number 235, what's the weirdest crush you've had? I mean, we've already discussed Posh Spice slash Victoria Beckham in a previous episode, so I'll hand it off to you. I, I think all of my crushes have been justifiable in their time. Okay. So I'm not going to say they're weird. Maybe how I've acted speaking to said crushes could be described as weird and maybe non-coherent, but that's a different story. Okay. Uh, Lola Bunny, the squirrel from um, Sword in the Stone, the female squirrel. I'm sure everyone knows the one. Um, Roxanne from a Goofy movie. And I'm sure there are others. The common theme is that these these are not real people with flesh and blood. They are, they are animated characters on cells of color. Um... Oh, also, I think maybe for a while, Catwoman from the original Batman the Animated Series, but like the original, original, before everybody's shoulders got pointy. Um, And like, I liked how she and Bruce interacted and like when she was Selena Kyle, not just Catwoman. Uh, Many other animated characters, I'm sure, in my formative years, mostly of like a superhero variety. Oh, Trish Stratus from WWE. 
Why? Because I was 14 years old in the year 2000. <laughs> um, and less so Becky Lynch. I just sort of like admire her. I think she's, she's really cool. Um, not really a weird crush. Weirdest crush. Yeah, sending those love letters to, or writing those love letters to Posh and Ginger Spice was probably kind of weird. <laughs> but again, 1997, I was 11 years old, so what are you going to do? Yeah, you got to express it somehow. Any others from you? No? 236. What do a lot of people have very strong opinions about, even though they know very little about it? Oh, no. In this climate, I'm afraid to answer that one. Oh, even using the word climate's dangerous. I'm going to hand it to you now. Wow, that's probably the lotus loaded, the most loaded question we will come across in this. Uh, what three hundred and fifty? That oh, that's. Oh, um, while uh, you think about that, weirdest crush in line dance, I think, and I've already told her this, uh, Jennifer Wolfries. Because it's when she moves. If she's just like walking around being a normal human person, like, oh, cool, it's Jennifer. But when she does any kind of dancing with like the hair whip thing and like her some of her kicks, it's when she's moving. Same thing goes for Rachel. She could like lift laundry detergent off a shelf and I would be transfixed. But then she goes back to, you know, sitting staring at a wall and I might not notice. That I think is weird. Just like a kinesthetic crush more than aesthetic. Continue. You good? good? Okay, you're good. All right. Um, yeah, I. Ooh, ah, that's so tif- that's so difficult. So 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 difficult. Um, there is a lot of strong opinions about the world in general, and unfortunately, most people don't take the time to research both sides of whatever said argument or point or situation might be. I think that can be also said in the line dance world too. Unfortunately, we do have a lot of strong opinions about how dances should be released and how... um, how we should fix problems that we see as problems and yet by doing so and stating said things like it's important that we talk about it but at the same time people get so nearsighted about their side it's all about their side and their thoughts and and they don't necessarily take into consider consideration other people's point of views. Like, for instance, yeah, I just a few minutes ago, I was saying how, you know, you shouldn't create a dance if there's already dances to it of the same level and blah, 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 blah. But that's just my opinion because that's a quick and easy solution for in my head how to reduce the number of dances. You know, that doesn't mean that that's the right thing to do because I haven't researched and, you know, explored every possible option of how to reduce the number of dances other than that one because that seems the least harmful or stifling of people's creativity because 
I do not agree with some of the suggestions of there should be some kind of council that votes because that always turns into a popularity contest. That always turns into, oh, well, this person has a name and this person doesn't. So naturally, we have to do the one that has the name, not look at the steps, you know. So you have to be very, very careful about that because, you know, so-and-so who's this huge name in line dance right now might not have been two years ago and would you would they have been had you had this same council in effect who's just looking at oh well you know for instance I'm just throwing names out there I do not the accuracy of this could be very very wrong but you know as I've seen People like Rebecca Lee and even Madison Glover. Madison's been doing this forever. But she's just recently been huge in the United States. So say five years ago, people in the United States might not have known anything about either Rebecca or Madison Glover. They might not have recognized the names, but they would know the names of, you know, Guyton Mundy and Joe Thompson Szymanski. So if for some reason dances were put out by both parties, why should one name be discarded because it's unknown? We would have missed out on talent such as Rebecca and Madison Glover by just going, oh, well, Guyton has a dance to this. So, you know, obviously theirs can't be as good. That's not the case. Yes, a lot of times it's quick and easy to fall back on a known choreographer in the sense of you're familiar with their work being consistent, and that is important. But at the same time, you know, we have to be careful on how we handle going forward and reducing the number of dances and how we word our opinions on how to solve the problem. So I think people just have strong opinions about anything and you just have to be careful about how you express those opinions. I don't know if I have any strong opinions about this question. Yeah, you do. You don't want to answer it. No, I just... Dance-wise, I mean... What do people have strong opinions about, even though they know very little about it? I mean, there's the idea, oh, this is the best dance for this song. Unless you've seen, first of all, every dance that's choreographed to it, and what other dances could be done to that song. Ultimately, it's all subjective, because there is not necessarily a the best, there's just what you like best, and what your friends might like best, if you showed various options to them. Um... What do they have the strong opinions about, even though they know very little about it? I might have to circle back around to that. Uh, 237, what's your go-to casino game? We don't really typically go to casinos unless it's the Las Vegas Dance Explosion held at the Westgate Resort. So my go-to casino game there is how much can I pack to bring downstairs so I don't have to walk all the way back from the lobby up to the room and back down later. So I can just do it all in one trip. It's pretty much like packing for camping. You, you take a to-go bag at the beginning of the day and then you've got all your snacks and you've got maybe your change of outfit because you really don't want to walk all the way back across the floor, through the halls, across the gaming floor, way down the hall in our case to the elevator 
and then up to your room. Uh, so you just want to figure out what's the minimal number of things I can bring uh, so that I can get through this day you know, with a lot of energy and pep and zing. Um, and then another game that I like to play in the lobby is what can I dance to the song if I don't know the song, as well as can I follow this dance? And I have an arcade answer, but go ahead. Okay, my actual casino game would be bingo because that's the only one that I have successfully played in a casino setting. But in a dance setting game-wise, uh, certainly all of the ones that you have mentioned thus far, along with one of the the ones that I've actually really enjoyed playing is more of a, a thinking one where it's um, if you could dance it one more time, never have to dance it again or can dance it for the rest of your life and then you list three different songs and you have to place them into that category um which those i i know have changed from time to time of how we felt about the dance so that it's always interesting to flash back to that again along with um i enjoy the trivia of accurately reading steps from a step sheet two to four steps at a time of a dance that I know you know and dance and see if you can't guess it based off of the steps. All right, we're getting toward the end of our hour here. Uh, I still haven't circled back to the other one, but there's a question here. What's your favorite holiday movie? That's number 239. I don't know if I have one, but you seem like you might. Uh, no, I mean, I do have my holiday movies, but I can't say I have a favorite holiday movie. Keep in mind, they didn't say winter holidays. It could be like a Halloween movie or a 4th of July movie, yeah. Valentine's Day movie. Yeah, yeah, that, that's my point. I have a favorite movie that I watch on Halloween. I have a favorite movie I watch on Thanksgiving. I have a favorite movie I watch on, yeah, okay. that that's my point is I, I can't, I have I have favorite holiday movies. Mm, well, we might have to start the next episode with our lists of those. Uh, as for that question about what do people have strong opinions about inline dance, even though they know very little about it. Uh, oh, well, there's the, the topic that comes up sometimes of that's not real line dance or line dance should be done country or, yeah, we don't do country anymore. This is real line dance. It's the if you look up the no true Scotsman, I think fallacy uh, or something like that, maybe defense, no true Scotsman something. It's very easy for people to say, uh, well, that doesn't count because that's not real blah. So I define, I gatekeep what this is and what is correct, and everyone else is just some weird exception. Um, I think, uh, just to kind of echo what you were saying earlier, just think about things from the other person's perspective. Like, really, in good faith, maybe you don't tell anyone you're doing this, but just, like, sit back and think about what it's really like to have gone through the other person's life making the choices that they did. And then if you hear yourself interjecting, saying, oh, well, I would do it like this. No, 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 This is the other person's life. They made these decisions because of these causes that are unique to their life. That's empathy. Figure out you know, what, it, what really happened to give them the, the mindset that they do. And you still don't have to agree with it, but now you, maybe you'll understand it. And maybe it'll also help you understand why you have the mindset that you do. Uh, there's a saying that you can't reason someone out of a, a mindset or something, uh, a stance that they didn't reason themselves into. 
So try to figure out what the what what the path is if it isn't reason, if it's emotion or something else. Um, that might help you open your mind to new opinions and maybe make yours less intense. Well, for Line Dance Podcast, this has been Christopher Gonzalez with Megan Barcelia. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. We will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.